0: You're listening to The Rick Z Show. I'm your host, Rick Z, And on today's show, I'm very excited. We have a guest and a very good friend of mine, Mr. Stevie D. Steve, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Rick. Pleasure to be here with you, buddy.
0: I've wanted to get you on the show for some time now. You're a great area drummer. I shouldn't just call you an area drummer because you play all over the place. You've done so much work. You're also a great percussionist. We'll get to all that later. First, I just want to focus on the drums. One nice thing about interviewing musicians is you get to learn what makes them tick I'm wondering why drums? I was thinking about this this morning. I was thinking, you know, a lot of bass players have similar personality. Maybe they're understated, like their instrument. Drummers, I think, do as well. Why were you drawn to the drums?
1: Well, my mother used to take me to a place now defunct called the Country Carousel in Stanford, New York. Stanfordville, New York Every Friday night I would watch these bands Dance, have fun And one night This drummer did wipe out. And on the way home I said to my mother That's what I'm going to be I'm going to be a drummer <laughs> The next day She put on Her big band music Put on Buddy Rich And Gene Krupa Buddy Rich played so fast, couldn't understand anything he was doing. But Gene Krupa, all those Tom rhythms and stuff, it was great. He swung. He did swing. He really did. So that afternoon, we went to the city of Poughkeepsie like we always did every Saturday afternoon. And there was a band playing. And I asked the band leader if they did Wipeout. He said, we do. And I said, could I come up and play drums? He goes, you don't play drums. He says, I can do this. I know I can. So just to humor me, he let me go up. And by memory, I just started playing the song. The band came in, and I realized, my God, this is what I want to do. Then I looked up, and I saw all these people staring at me. I put the drumsticks down, and I went, and took off. But that's how I started.
0: Wow, that's a great story. I mean, that's true musical inspiration happens sometimes like that, and the next thing you know, I don't know, 50 years goes by and you're, you're still a musician, you know, you're still gotten it out, believing in that ideal you first stumbled upon so long ago. Uh, I can relate to that, but I never had that kind of epiphany before. But drummers, you know, while we're on the topic of drummers, I'm still interested in, I know so many drummers, and their, their personalities are all very different, but there's like this one common thread that puts them all together. You know, there's a, a drummer jokes website it says things like, uh, how do you know when a drummer's at your door? The knock speeds up. And then there's a couple other ones I can't actually say you know, on the air.
1: Well, see, how do you know that Stevie D's at your door? The ah. knock is in perfect time.
0: Oh, uh, well, I can't argue with that. You're a percussionist too, Steve. What is the difference between drums and percussion, essentially? Because I know drummers that cannot play percussion, and I know percussionists that can't sit at a kit and play. You can do both. What's the difference?
1: Well, for me, the difference is... Mostly it's just using my hands, no sticks, really no cymbals, no bass drum, and it's a lighter, airier way to create. I can just tap on a cowbell, I can tap on bongos, I can shake a tambourine, I can still put the same thought into the song, but I don't have to sit there and have that whole whole drum set in front of me with all the sound and the volume so many people can't handle that especially the lighter musicians who like to play acoustic especially the creative people i love sounds percussionists a lot of sounds
0: and you like rhythms i know and it's not just having that fat sound of a kit kick and snare and hi-hats the traditional thing it's all these Experimental different rhythms that you come up with on a wide range of instruments.
1: I feel you can play any song on anything. Look at the cajon players. Just a box made out of wood, just playing rhythms with their hand. But really good ones? It's, it's, it's absolutely amazing.
0: I just love your style, Steve. You've got so much energy. You've got so much love of music and your your energy is just boundless, and it always was. We've worked together in the past, we'll get to that in a while, but your range of percussion versus drums and your, your attitude, it's led you to be able to play with such a wide range of people. When I think back, I start to accumulate all the bands in my mind, you know, that you've played with over the years. It's, it's quite a list. Can, can we talk about some of your favorites? I know the first time I ever saw you, you were with the Laura Black Band. That's when I first took notice great memories laura
1: was great she just wrote these original songs and a lot of the things that i've done is because a drummer either quit someone didn't like them they had some kind of problem they got hurt and so people just used to call me on the phone hey can you sub for this man can you sub for this woman can you do this can you do that so i learned all of uh, laura's uh, original music from her cd went to a gig and we just played And we had a really good chemistry, her and I. If that chemistry wasn't there, that probably would have been the only gig. Because that chemistry was there, we were able to make music together. And that's really what it's all about.
0: Who else have you had chemistry with?
1: Well, I used to fill in a lot with my friend Vito Petrosito.
0: Great area guitar player. I love that man. Me too.
1: Very, very spontaneous. Very talented man. Singing, playing, writing. Great sense of humor. Great sense of humor. Makes all the difference when you're in some bar and, you know, it's mostly just drunks and they're not even paying attention. But that man, (laughs) he'll just say something and... Everyone just turns their head because it was just the perfect the perfect thing to say.
0: That's what I love about musicians, and you and you're right. You have to have a good sense of humor to be a musician because you're going to be in some crazy circumstances, and it's not always good. But you're in it together, and you go through the experience together. And humor makes a big difference. Otherwise, you just crack right away. You'd never you'd never make it. You, know, you got to keep a healthy sense of humor, and and that you have, my friend Steve. You play so many different styles of music effortlessly. I mean, I've heard you play funks. Stuff, and you could play on somebody's ballad very easily, and you, and you come up with these great percussive ideas. You could play jazz, all these things that aren't really related. Uh, where did you learn such a diverse roster of, of tricks in your bag?
1: Well, an old friend of mine used to say to me, It's all about the song, it's not about you. If it's going to be about you, some musician on the stage is going to point and go, Drummer, play. And I would, but otherwise, I would try to fit what I thought was correct into that piece of music so that everyone is comfortable. I've played gigs where I walk on that stage and no one likes me. The band doesn't like me. Half the time, I don't even know their names. I don't really know what they're doing, but I give 100% effort to try to make their music sound the way they want it to. But you can't succeed in everything. But I always give it 100%. It doesn't matter where I am, what I'm doing, how little or how much they pay. That's not important. The important thing is is, is doing the job. And the challenge of drumming for me these days is, you know, I'll play, you know, with one hand on a, on a bongo, if that's what they want. If somebody says, here's my CD, I've got 20 songs on it, I have a gig in two days, do what you can. Well, I'll do what I can. And uh, so far, so good. I have a pretty good record of people smiling at the end of gigs so i guess that says something
0: absolutely and you have a great reputation and the people that know understand you and understand your styles and and how long you've been doing this and have respect for you i'm one of those people i i can't wait to talk about some of the things we've done together but before we do that i want to hear something i I just want to hear some stevie d drumming right now what can we hear
1: well let's see there's a table right in front of me Mm, okay and we can go like this (laughs)
0: Well, it's a fantastic rhythm, Steve, but I'm not sure this glass table is exactly conducive for the type of sound waves we need to get over on this show. (laughs) I have no idea what kind of sound waves they would be. We will find out. I was thinking somewhere along the lines of just playing something of yours, maybe that already exists somewhere, Ah. somewhere out there floating through the airwaves. We can pull it down. We have the technology these days. We can just pull it down out of nowhere and play it.
1: Well, the late, great Michael Torsone. Hammond organ player, singer, an amazing musician who I terribly miss. Miss him so much. One of a kind. Uh, There's something uh, on YouTube uh, from a B3 documentary that you could um, probably play for the folks. I think it's kind of neat.
0: The the Hammond B3, by the way, I think it's the most soulful electric instrument there is. What do you think? What are your thoughts?
1: I've I've seen most of the greats and uh, I can't disagree with that statement.
0: I'm in the mood to hear some Stevie D, and if it's with some ham in Oregon, it can only be better. So let's check it out. Wonderful Steve. Really great as always. You sound like you could just fit right into playing jazz like it's nothing. Like you just fell off a drum set or a log.
1: There's a lot of great jazz drummers out there who have talked to me and watched me and given me a lot of great advice. Not so much how to play drums, but how to listen, how to think, how to get those grooves correct, how to get through all the sections. I want to thank all of those guys, so I'll, I'll name one of them, Mr. Peter O'Brien.
0: Ah, yes. Another great area drummer, played with Orleans and so many countless others.
1: Yep, we used to take these long rides to his gigs, and we would just talk about music. It was a wonderful thing. Uh,
0: would you say he was a mentor
1: of yours? Not a mentor, because remember, it's really not about teaching me how to play anything on the drums, but how to approach playing the drums. In how,
0: philosophy?
1: philosophically, yes, I guess that would would make sense. Mm -hmm. He would explain certain things to me that I didn't understand. We'd listen to a tune, and I'd say, well, how did they figure out how to go from here to here? And he would tell me. He would tell me the secrets that he knew. And man, the next time I got on the stage and played jazz, I was a better drummer because of it.
0: We're all kind of standing on somebody's shoulders. Somebody that was a mentor to me is a fantastic drummer. Gary Burke lives just across the river. Another great Hudson Valley musician that is, you know, phenomenal. Taught and inspired so many other younger guys. Are you familiar with Gary's work?
1: I am. Gary and I um, shared uh, some CD duties with the great Willie Amrod.
0: Oh yes, Willie Amrod. This area has so many musicians. uh, I wouldn't. uh, It seems like I'll never run out of guests. It'll just go on and on forever. And Rusty's over there, like rolling his eyes, like you know. I'm, I'm i i do not know if i'll be around forever <laughs> yeah but steve do you remember when we met
1: i'm not sure of the actual day we met but i know that may 2nd 1997 we played our first real gig together at burke's pub and i remember wow. that date because that was my daughter's 10th birthday wow
0: you got a good memory steve I happen to remember that. I'm not sure if I could have dug that out, but I do remember now that you mentioned it. I just got to say, the Rixie band had a, a major uh, problem. We Our drummer left, Dan D'Elia, and we were just not equipped to carry on without a drummer. We had this CD that we worked so hard on that we were trying to push. It was a bad time for this, and I had to put an ad in one of these Hudson Valley Musicians magazines or something, and I got all these responses, which, which was great. But I had to listen to tape after tape after tape of, of somebody playing a lame version of a uh, message in a bottle by the police, you know, or just a lot of awful drumming. That's all I can say. And toward the end of the, the tapes, there was this one tape. I think I had talked to you once on the phone or something, and I gave you my address, and you sent me this tape, and I popped it in, and I was like, I was expecting it not to be very good, because none of them were. I mean, maybe one was okay, but not fully acceptable. And I heard yours, and I was like, we've just found our drummer. Uh, it's just a question of whether he's willing to play with us or not. And I told the guys, and they were excited, and I showed them the tape, and they, they were more excited. They're like, I think this is the guy. And we actually reserved a room at the Clubhouse Studios in Germantown, and you came over. I don't know if you remember this. We had, like, a little rehearsal before that Burke's pub gig.
1: I remember we have a, we did have a rehearsal. Yes, we did.
0: And... I, I, it felt so good just to, ha- you know, I mean, nobody could replace Dan for us because we'd played with him for so long. But we were looking for something not only fresh and new and different that we could grow with, but somebody that just knows what they're doing and, you know, isn't going to drop their sticks three times in the middle of a song. You know, th- there were virtually nobody out there that I could rely on. And suddenly there was Stevie D. And I do remember playing that Burke's Pub gig. And I think there were a few other ones. Well, very quickly after that, the Rick Z Band disbanded and there was no more but we went on to do some other things together. Let's talk about that for a second. You're such a great percussionist. I mean, it makes me laugh every time I think of it because you got all these great ideas. We just finished making an album in the studio. I was more spectator. Otis and Melvin were the, the stars of the show. And you were hired to come in and play on, I don't know, 10, 12 songs, something like that. You knew the stuff inside and out. I remember you coming in, you just nailed every little nuance. And these songs were really cool crafted to have all these subtle nuances. I don't know how many times you listened to the tapes, Steve, but you knew them inside and out. Did, did you listen to them a lot or are you just one of these guys can pick stuff up really quickly?
1: I did my homework. I uh, wanted to walk in there as a professional and do the job correctly because I've been in studios and at rehearsals where people have no clue what they're doing. They didn't put any time in. It wasn't important enough to them.
0: Yeah, it's depressing when that happens. The
1: real challenge these days is if you can do exactly what I did for you. Not waste your time. Walk in and do a job. What did we do? We we spent eight hours. We did 12 songs. I had four tables full of percussion. (laughs) <laughs> I had all my little ideas with all your words and your phrases and your stuff. and
0: You played things I have no idea what they were. These scraping sounds and, and crashing and bells. I mean, crazy stuff that worked great for Otis and Melvin's music. That's why I love working with you. Is you got, you're, you're part of the concept of the album. With your parts you're not just playing along you were also on the chasing geese album in 2002 otis and melvin released chasing geese and you're all over that one too adorning it with all these great sounds i think you threw a a bag of cymbals on the floor or something at one point i
1: remember that's right also i had a bowl with the steel balls in it that was a really (laughs) great sound i i just love sounds all types of sounds and
0: to our (laughs) listeners if you could be here you'd see a big grin on stevie d's face when he said this this giant pot of balls it's like you know percussionists they're they're like children they like to play and this is their play, you know, all kinds of crazy contraptions and sounds that can be made. And uh, I, I love it. It was perfect for the Chase and Geese album. It was perfect for Otis and Melvin's new album, High on Cake. And uh, I'm so happy that you, you came in that day. That was one of the best days that anyone had in the studio on those sessions because they were just fun. And you feel somebody took your concept seriously and is going to put their heart and soul into it.
1: Well, thank you for that, Rick. I do appreciate it.
0: We played Down in the City one time, I remember. And this is a story very indicative of you. This is a a true Stevie D story but we were playing, I think, at a place called The Back Fence. The Back Fence. It was down in uh, Greenwich Village somewhere.
1: Sawdust on the floor.
0: Yep, sawdust on the floor, overpriced drinks. We basically played a whole long set of music, and then it was time to go home. You don't always get more than one set down there. We're packing up, getting ready to go. Suddenly, where's Steve? Oh my gosh, look, he's up playing with another band that he just met, and he ended up well, tell the rest of the story. I think you stayed all night.
1: Well, there was a blues band there, and their drummer never showed up. So the man walked over to me and said, Hey, you think you could play with my band tonight? I says, Well, what do you do? He goes, Blues. I said, Sure, no problem. I can figure it all out for you. And I did. And I had a great time. And they were all strangers. Still don't know their names. But uh, did a job.
0: That's a great story. And that's just like you. And my guess is you played, I don't know, another hour, hour and a half. Probably got home really late. And I bet you you didn't get paid much, if anything.
1: Very little. But the challenge and the fun of making music, that's really what it has to be about. Because, you know, unless you're a big rock star, you're not going to make much doing this. You do this because you want to do it. You do this because it's important to you to do it. At least it is for me. At age 67, after I was almost crippled twice and I fought really hard to come back i'm trying to put new projects together right now i actually have a jazz quartet that is in rehearsals and i can't wait to do that again ever since michael torson died i haven't been able to play that music now i finally found musicians that want to do it they like what i do i like what they do and then i'm going to go back into the uh dance slash classic rock world really with a new band probably around august everything will be set to go and i'll get back out there again because i haven't really done much in the last three years kind of been dealing with family and a lot of other things it's
0: time to get out of the house and, and get going and start playing playing keeps you aloft i i find it's better than getting on the treadmill and getting those endorphins running it it gets my endorphins running in a different way. It's pure joy. You know, it makes you happy to do.
1: Nothing keeps you in shape like drumming, buddy.
0: You're also the house drummer, I believe, in uh, an area open mic night that's very popular at Paul's Public House in Poughkeepsie, correct?
1: That's correct. Turn into a great venue. A lot of different people come, a lot of young people, which I really like. And some of these young people have actually hired me for gigs, which I think is wonderful. There's a 16-year-old girl who just, amazing voice, will just sing 30 songs nonstop like it's nothing. Um, a lot of these these young musicians play original music, which I really love because I, I don't know
0: it. You always did like original music. I mean, you played in your share of cover bands. But you were always drawn to original music, I think. It, it seemed that way to me. I think we had a conversation about that back when we played a lot of original music together.
1: Well, it's especially a challenge when you don't know a song. You're in the moment, and you have to be there. I think doing a lot of these type, this type of work has kept me really sharp over the years.
0: You know, I think if Otis and Melvin has another album, they're surely going to have you on it. And I can't wait to see what you come up with, because it's different every time. You're constantly evolving in in these rhythms and sounds. And also, I want to stay current with some of these new projects that you're talking about, because I'd love to hear them. I'd love to hear anything that you do, Steve. When I think of you, it puts a smile on my face, because you and I have a similar attitude about playing music, and you don't see that very much in musicians. So um, I'm just so happy that you stopped by the show and just talked for a while. Just uh, a lovely chat from a lovely chap named Stevie D. Thank you so much for being here, Steve.
1: Thank you, Mr. Rick Z, and thank you for all the great music that you do.
0: And let's play together again soon.
1: As soon as possible, Rick, as soon as possible.
0: I'm ready when you are.
1: What's the first chord, Rick? What's the first chord? C minor. Uh, I like minor tunes.
0: You've been listening to The Rick Z Show, produced and engineered every week by Rusty Johnson. Come on back next week and see what's cooking. We'll see you then.